right? That when you do the sitrachu, you bring about a revelation of. It doesn't mean you bring about a revelation of godly light in all the worlds. It means you bring about a revelation of the godly light that exists in all of the worlds equally, i.e. Okay? That's what the Rebbe is explaining. Okay? In order to understand what Sevev is, so then we have to have some, some understanding of Mamale. Right? So that's what the Rebbe did. He explained Mamale to us that when we talk about different levels of light in different worlds, different levels of revelation, right? Higher level of light that's revealed more, more clearly by the Kalim in that particular world. So when we talk about that, we're talking about our Mamale. Different levels of reality, that's all a function of our mamali, because ultimately different levels of reality are a function of the kalim that allow the light to be revealed, or not revealed, depending on, or revealed as hiddenness, depending on the uh, level, of, uh, level of world that you're talking about, level of reality that you're talking about. Okay, so we have our Coke bottle and Sprite bottle and, and uh, clay cup and ice cup, right? Those are our four worlds. Silas at the end, obviously, right? Okay, Seder. But in, that's all. That was all in order to understand that there's a level of elokus, there's a level of godly light that energizes the worlds equally, even though it's not clothed in any world. In in powers of the soul, what's the moshul for that? Someone other than Yehuda, because he answered a couple of times already. Well, a pa- will. Thank you, Ratzon. Where is Ratzon housed in your body? It's not housed anywhere in your body. It affects all of your body equally. You move your finger and your toe the same, with, with the same rutzen that you think about a very, very sophisticated idea with, with your brain. Where is intellect in your brain? It's not in your hand. It's not in your eyes. It's not in your feet. Right? It can be expressed through those parts of your body. Right? You can express an idea by dancing. Right? Ask a dancer, they'll, ex- they'll tell you they're expressing an idea in their dance. Okay, but dancing isn't thinking, right? Dancing is dancing, okay? Thinking happens in one place, in one place only. It's called the brain, right? That's where intellect is housed, and intellect is a muscle for ormamale, light that fills a kli, as opposed to ormamale, light that surrounds. Again, what's a muscle for that in the soul? Ratzin, will. Will is found in everything you do. It's just not clothed in anything you do. Therefore, when you define the action, you define the action in terms of the ormamale. Right now, I am speaking. That's how you would define what I'm doing. You wouldn't define what I'm doing as I'm willing. I am willing myself to speak. That is true, but I'm not willing. I'm speaking, right? Just... You know, I wanted to talk about myself, so I brought myself as an example. I don't mind. I'm just the only one doing anything here. All you, everybody else is just sort of sitting there quietly. I can't do. You know. Gabby is stroking. He's stroking. Why is he stroking? Because he's willing. So he's willing. No, he's stroking. That's what he's doing. Okay. That doesn't mean that there's not ruts in there. Of course there's ruts in there, because you can't do anything without ruts in. But that's not how you and I define the activity. Why? Well, because how is it revealed to you and I? By the mamale, because that's what our mamale is. Our mamale is all about revealed reality. Why? Because our mamale is a level of light that's clothed in a kli, and the kli reveals what's going on. It's the nature of kalim. Right? We've been there many times, and it's something we have to understand, and if you do review on the mimer, you will understand it. If you don't re- do review on the mimer, so it'll be an interesting hour in the morning, and then, you know, it will all turn into puff and smoke and mirrors and whole matter. Right? Just remember Yosef's cup. This side of it. Yosef, I didn't know that it said all, the, all these days. I mean, I didn't even know it had all this stuff on the other side. This is so confusing. That side is so much more clearer. Red. I'll, I'll pause. I'll get a gist of a cup. No, no, no. Beseder. I just didn't know. You see? Elamaza is a place of concealment. I didn't know. After all, how many weeks have I been using your cup as a muscle for red? And I didn't know. On the other side, there was all this other stuff. Unbelievable. Okay. So that's all. We are in the middle of page base, right? <coughs> that's all, all mamale. 
that level that you and I reveal when we do iskafia. And if you think about it, what are you doing when you do iskafia? You're connecting to the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Why are you not doing that thing that you might have some taiva to do? Or why are you doing that thing that you might not have a lot of energy to do? You're overcoming a certain lack of energy or you're overcoming some negative impulse. Why are you doing that? Well, because you want to connect to the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Well, that's exactly what you're connecting to. Say the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch That's exactly what you're connecting to, a much deeper expression of the existence of the world than simply the revealed aspects of it all, the will behind it all. Why did the Abish to create the world? Ultimately, so that you would overcome a taiva. That's why he created the world. That you would serve him. How do you serve God? By breathing? That's not big deal. Not a lot of Aveda in breathing. Right? Just sort of do it, and if you don't want to do it, try holding your breath and see how long you last. You'll, you'll be forced to breathe at some point. Right? Okay. You really don't want to breathe? Jump in the ocean. See what happens. Right? But breathing is not impressive. Right? What is impressive? Aveda. Doing something that me- means you, you, you asked of yourself a little more than what might be naturally expected. You overcame a natural desire to do something that you objectively understand is not particularly healthy behavior. It's called iskafia. So that's good. That's real. That matters. So that's what Eilam is all about. It's why there are things, that's why the possibility to do things that are unhealthy exists. So that when you do something that's healthy, it matters. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the big deal? And it doesn't matter. Right? There's nothing to it. Aval, well, we Amnam, but we went past Amnam, right? We'll start with Amnam. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines down on page base. Amnam, Kol Zeh, everything we explained in the last two days. Huba Or It's regarding the light that comes to vitalize the world. Bebechinas Mamale Kalamim on the level of fill the worlds. Aval. But regarding the light that is beyond relevance to the worlds, in other words, it's an infinite light, it's not a light that can be clothed in the kalim of the worlds, be revealed in the worlds, right? It's mentioned many times, infinite reality is here. It's not revealed here, but there's as much infinite reality here as there is finite reality here. Right? Just finite is what's revealed. Infinite is concealed. Right? Were infinite to be revealed, by definition, finite would then be concealed. Right? If you're experiencing infinite reality, by definition, you're not experiencing finite reality. If you're experiencing finite reality, by definition, you're not experiencing infinite reality. Okay, that's true. What do we experience here? Finite. What's hidden behind that finite? Infinite. Right? We've brought many examples of that, Masholim, parables for that. Okay? So what light is revealed in this world? Mamale. Or not revealed particularly powerfully in this world. So that light that's beyond relevance to the world, meaning it's too powerful to be clothed in kalim and be the source of revealed reality, which is the light that surrounds all the worlds. Again, not that it surrounds and it's not here. Right? It's just makif. It encompasses, like your will encompasses what you do. Right? All of the actions that you do are encompassed by a will. And it might be there are a number of actions encompassed by one will. We've talked about that. Right? If you have a desire, you have a, a, a will, a rutzen. And what's your rutzen? You want chocolate ice cream. Perfectly reasonable rutzen. Right? Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Doesn't mean you have to eat the ice cream, but don't say it's not a reasonable thing to want. Right? Okay, fine. You want chocolate ice cream. In this particular moment, if you wanted chocolate ice cream right now, you'd have to move your chair, get up, walk walk out of the room, down the stairs, and then decide where you're going to go to get that ice cream, whether there's ice cream in the freezer, in the, in the kitchen, or you're going to have to go to a store. I don't know. I have no clue where you're going to find your chocolate ice cream. Okay. 
all of those actions, you wanted to move your chair, you wanted to walk out of the room, you all, well, okay, it's true, you wanted to move your chair, but you didn't really want to move your chair, you really wanted ice cream. It was all encompassed by the rutzen of ice cream. And each particular rutzen encompassed the specific activity it was responsible for, I want to move my chair, right, okay. And, and, and then there's an all-encompassing rutzen that encompasses all of your actions, and that's really what you want. That's the ice cream. That's called panemius rutzen. On a deeper level, we've talked about this, panemius rutzen and chitzenius rutzen. It's important to talk about, so we'll just mention it very, very quickly and then go on in the mind. But the Rebbe's talking about seveve, and that's what rutzen is. Okay, you pick up the phone. Why do you pick up the phone? Do you want to make a phone call. Right. Did you really want to make a phone call? No. You really want to get in touch with the person that you want to be in touch with. Just the way to do it is the phone call. What you really want is you want a cab. Right. So you make a phone call. So you can't say you don't want to make a phone call, but you don't really want a phone call. You really want the cab. Do you really want the cab? No. You want to get to where the cab is going to take you to take you. Uber, I'm sorry. Anybody who know what a cab is? Uber. Right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm dating myself. Uber. You want to call an Uber. Right, so so you call you call Uber, but you don't really want the Uber. You want to get to the airport, but you don't really want to get to the airport. You want to get on the plane. As a matter of fact, some of the worst times in people's lives are in the airport between getting there and getting on the plane. Right, they hate that time. Right, they don't like that time. Okay, so but you say I don't really want to be at the airport. Well, I do want to be at the airport, but I don't. I want to get on the plane, but I don't want to get on the plane. I want to go to New York, but I don't want to be in New York. I want to be in the business meeting that I'm going to be in the have in New York, but I don't really want to be in the business meeting. I want to make the million dollars that that business meeting is going to bring about, but I don't want the million dollars. I want those things the million dollars can allow me to do, like give lots of stucker. And why do I want to give lots of stucker? Because G'daylit stucker Shemakarevis is a gula because stucker brings Mashiach. So really, what I want is Mashiach. So the reason I picked up the phone is because I want Mashiach. <laughs> and that's true. That's the Panemius Aratzen. Everything you did was an expression of Panemius Aratzen. What do you really want? You want to bring Mashiach. How are you going to bring Mashiach? Well, I, I, I have a meeting in New York. I'm going to make a million dollars, give lots of stuck. And, and Chazal say that if you give stuck, you help bring Mashiach. So I want to help bring Mashiach. Okay. So that's why I picked up the phone. Is it? Of course it's why I picked up the phone. Absolutely. 100%. It's just not the the external reason I picked up the phone. The external reason that I picked up the phone was I want a cab, an Uber. And that's also true. It's not that that's not true. That's true. But there's panemius aratzen. Okay. So when when you do an act of iskafia, what are you connecting to? Panemius aratzen, the ultimate, the inner desire of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's desire for the existence of this world. Yes, a Kaddish Baruch who wants apples and pears and slugs and mosquitoes and, and possum. Second time possum came up this week. It's possum week in Pakistan. It's love of possum week. So we're just, you know, being part of it. Right? Okay. So why are all those things there? Because the Abishta wants them there. Well, but why does the Abishta want them there? Why does the Abishta want a world? So that you can that you can make a dear betachtenim, the Rabbi Tadis and the Maimer, right? That you can make a dear betachtenim, you can make a dwelling place in the lower realms. That's why the Ebrister created the world. That's the pnimius arutzen of the world. That's the reason there's a world is that you and I can do that aveda called iskafiyah and ishafcha to bring about a revelation of elokus down here in a place where godliness is hidden. That's why the Ebrister created the world. That's pnimius arutzen. All the other stuff, just keeps on using it. It's all there. Doesn't it? Doesn't exist. I don't know that. Doesn't this table? Doesn't because this table exists. All this stuff exists. Why? Because the Ebrister was a tiger for the top table. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate makif. But it's an. That's the pnimius arutza. And that's what you connect to when you do his kafya. It comes in a context of surrounding the worlds, encompassing the worlds. Again, but not that it's not here. That level of light illuminates in all of the worlds equally. 
Vezeu, and this is what it means in that statement of the Alter Rebbe that we learned in the beginning of the chapter. Bechulamin in all of the worlds, Vahainu, She'erdezeh, this light, Hinei. The way of it's being drawn down, who is is in all of the worlds equally. Like what's it? Amnam, however, how is it that you draw this light down into Kulamim? How is it that you connect to this light? The light's there. How do you connect to it? How do you become part of it? Which means, how do you become part of the Pneumius Aratzon of creation? How do you become part of the ultimate purpose of creation? Not the externals of it, the internal of it. Who al Aveda, that's through the Aveda of Avedis Abirurim, the service of rectification. Meaning, using physicality to elevate it to its source in godliness. Birur, to rectify something, elevate it. Purify it. All right? Physicality is in a. Some physicality you can't elevate. The only way that you have anything to do with that stuff is by having nothing to do with it. You can't elevate non kosher food right? by eating it. Right? You can elevate non kosher animals. You can elevate a horse, hook it up to a wagon and ride it to the Rebbe for Tishrei. He's elevated the horse. Use the horse for an incredibly positive thing. Right? You just can't elevate the horse by shechting him and eating it because the, you can't elevate a horse that way. You can elevate a cow that way. You can elevate a goat that way. You can elevate a sheep that way. You can elevate chicken that way. Turkey, it's a disagreement amongst them. But most people, you know, I mean, la locha, you can elevate a turkey. The Shalah says you shouldn't eat turkey. Okay. It doesn't mean you shouldn't eat turkey. You're not an Indian. The Shalah asked his descendants not to eat turkey. So if you're a descendant of the Shalah, don't eat turkey. Okay? You can elevate a turkey. You can elevate a pigeon and a dove. A duck. People have had duck, probably. Right? You can't elevate a dog by shechting it and eating it. Can you elevate a dog? Absolutely. Dogs are, are wonderful. You ever see a, a person who can't see walking behind a dog? That dog is bringing about unbelievable things in the world. That dog has been trained to help a person walk and go and do all sorts of things. Incredible. Just can't do it by eating it. Okay. So you can elevate, beater, use physical reality for positive things, godly things. How ultimately do we do Avedis Birur? Is kafia subduing? Subduing what? Subduing the Yitzhahara. Again, subduing the Yitzhahara doesn't mean I don't do things. Sometimes it means I do things, because sometimes my Yitzhahara is not to do something positive, right? I, I, I have to learn Rambam. I have Yitzhahara not to. Okay, I have to overcome that Yitzhahara and learn Rambam. Okay. That's cool. That's also Yitzhahara. And Yitzhahara. Yitzhahara is the second state in the process, which is transforming. Transforming that negative trait into something positive. So you can actually change your ratzon. Right? You no longer have a desire for something negative. You've transformed it. That desire's gone away. Two different levels of Avedi. Skafia v'ishafcha. V'zeu, and this is what the Alter Rebbe meant when he said, Kadiskafia sitrachra, when you subdue the sitrachra, this is the statement the Frida Rebbe is explaining. Kasher payil bavedasa. That when a person brings about through his Aveda, Leah is to be iskafia sitra achra that he subdues the sitra achra, and, and the sitra achra is expressed in his negative desire or lack of positive desire. Vishavcha and ultimately ishavcha chashuchel in the hara, and he transforms darkness to light. He takes something negative and uses it for something positive. Hine or transforms it so it disappears, if it's talking about a desire that he has, negative desire, right? The cigarette smoker, right? As an example in Gashmis, the cigarette smoker can become a non-cigarette smoker. He's transformed that desire. He no longer has a desire mm-hmm. for cigarettes. He's transformed. He doesn't, at the beginning, his avoid it was all these kafia, overcoming a desire for cigarettes. He had to fight that desire like crazy. And at a certain point, he wins. And you know what? He transformed it. No longer has a desire for cigarettes. He finds the smell as disgusting as the rest of us do. Right. Amazing. How do you do that? Hard work? Okay, you can do that in Ruchnis. Same thing. Vehine, 
Yisrein or now an idea that we'll we'll uh, we'll see in the in the Friedrich Rebbe here, and then there's copies here of the Rebbe's first mimer, and we'll see what the Rebbe says about the end of this voice, this idea. Hina Yisrein or the now we'll translate it simply, even though the Rebbe's going to explain it to us in a much deeper way. Yisrein or the greatest or who is that which emerges from the dark. Now that statement, the greatest light emerges from the dark, that statement is ultimately the statement that helps us understand why it is that this world looks the way it looks and why it is in this world you can come closer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu than in any other state of reality imaginable. Yesterday we talked about the pleasure in Elam Haba because the Chazal talk about it in the fourth parak in, 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 in Aves. One moment of pleasure in Elam Haba is greater than all the pleasure that could possibly be experienced by all the people who ever lived in, in all of the times in this world. Emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual pleasure. One moment in Elam Haba is greater than all of that. Okay. But that's only one half of the Mishnah. What's the other half of the Mishnah, which is the part quoted more often? One moment of tshuva and maisim tevim, good deeds in this world is greater than all of the world to come, meaning the level of godliness that you connect to by doing a mitzvah in this world is greater than any level you will ever achieve in Elam Abba. Oh, so how's that work? Well, that's what the end of this paragraph is about, and we'll see the Rebbe will explain it very, very clearly in the Rebbe's first mimer, and that, that's these sheets. We'll give them out when we finish this. Sha'or Meir Begilui. I'm sorry. Hina Yisra The greatest light is that which emerges from the dark. And this is not going to simply be relative, right? That, that the light which you could normally deal with, if you've been in a dark room, you find it brighter. No, it's deeper and more essential. Mehine. When the darkness is transformed to light, it's brought about, and again, we'll translate it loosely, a greater light. Even though that's not going to be the translation. That this light will illuminate in a revealed way, until it will illuminate below mamish. Meaning the greatest revelation of Elokus is ultimately in this world. And we saw that right at the beginning of the Mimer. What do we see at the beginning of the Mimer? To the place that was my original place, to Ikershina, where was the essence of the Divine Presence? Down here. Okay. So the ultimate revelation of Elokus was in this world. How can that be? This is a place of unbelievable concealment. Oh, because evidently the greatest light emerges from the dark. Okay, that sounds good, but how does that work? That's what we'll try to understand. Okay. Vainu. Through a void in this world, it's drawn down a light that is in. Oifen means fashion, a way of doing something. Ofna, in modern Hebrew, ofna is fashion. Like, you know, a fashion show, ofna, what people wear, that's called ofna. Because it, it, it means, you know, the ofen that you do something, the way you do something, fashion in which he works. Right? The way of it's drawn down, being drawn down, and we're talking about the infinite light of Seveh, is in all of the worlds equally. Now, that's very interesting, because that seems to, if this light is in all the worlds equally, so then, what's the advantage of the darkness? Right? If it's a light that's specific to this world, so I get it. Right, then I would say, okay, for some reason, there's a light that's specific to this world that's more powerful than any other light. I mean, there's a level of godliness specific to this world. But, and yet here we're talking about a level of light that's in all the worlds equally. So then what's the big deal exactly? 
Oh, because evidently the level of the revelation of that light is more powerful here than anywhere else. I believe we said it's equal everywhere. Yes, but you and I, and if you think about it simply, and we'll, again, we'll understand it more deeply when we see the Rebbe, but the, the, the simple shot. You and I can connect to the Ratzon of a Kaddish Baruch, the will of a Kaddish Baruch, in a more powerful way than an angel. Why? Because we have the option of not connecting. And since we have the option of not connecting, our connection is much more powerful. Whereas an angel doesn't have an option of not connecting. So then their connection, as, as amazing as it is and as beautiful as it is and as exquisite an expression of godly reality, it's much more impressive that you and I might schlep ourselves out of bed to learn chassidus than a malach singing the praises of a Kodesh Baruch. Why? Because you and I have an option. We don't have to. He could always choose not to. Therefore, choosing to is actually something really impressive. Not that we're trying to be impressive, just in terms of the, the existential reality of the act. Is it something impressive? It's not, it's not self-understood in any way, shape, or form. The possibility to do the opposite is, is, is very real. Not only very real, look around. More prevalent. Right? Give the Nebuchadnezzar, we've talked about this countless times, give the Nebuchadnezzar what it wants in this world, the crowd goes wild, right? Standing ovation. Why? It's a home game. Elam is a home game for the Nebuchadnezzar. The crowd is into everything the Nebuchadnezzar gets in this world. Right? Give the Nebuchadnezzar chocolate pudding, standing ovation. You have to come back out of the dugout and tip your cap. It's one of those standing ovations. Wow. Put filling on your arm. Why? The other team scored. I remember once sinning. The only time I ever went to Madison Square Garden. I went to visit. I was on my way back from Vancouver to Eretz Israel. It was the middle of the year. I went to Vancouver for some reason. I have no clue what it was, and it certainly isn't of any interest to you, even if I did remember what it was, so who cares? But, but uh, on the way back, so I flew through New York, which is a reasonable thing to do. Anybody with a brain, if they come back from the place called Vancouver, to go to Eretz Israel. I'm going to make Ben feel bad. He probably didn't come through New York. But you, you go through New York, you know, like there's stuff happening in New York that Jews like. Okay, so I went through New York, and a friend, a friend said, you know, have you ever been to a Rangers game? So I said, no. You're Canadian. You never, I said, no. You want to? I said, oh, no. You know, okay, let's go. They were pretty bad. <laughs> and uh, they were playing the, uh, Ben will understand that. They were playing the Quebec Nordique. Don't even exist anymore, right? And and uh, and and, uh, and and it was so bad, it was so boring that you could hear the skates on the ice, literally. You could hear them skating. There wasn't a sound in the place. From twenty rows behind us, some guy yells down. Seeing some guy sitting there with yarmulkes, yells down, "Davin for them!" You could hear it. The whole place could hear it because it was silent. Nothing. It was so boring that people were just sitting on their hands. No one is playing with their cell phones because they didn't exist, but that's what they would have been doing if, uh, if they, right? Davin for them. So my friend, Jay Moskowitz, great guy. Jay turned around and he said, he only helps those who help themselves. Now, this, this theological discussion was going on in Madison Square Gardens in front of, you know, thir- there were only 13,000, 14,000 people there. The place was relatively empty, but they were really, it was really boring. That silence... That's what most people experience when they do a mitzvah. The world doesn't explode. Hey, you want it? You want to see it explode? Go to the castle and watch people daven. Not sure exactly what the explosion is. I assume it's elokus, but I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe it's just a nice feeling, which isn't elokus. It's me. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on with people there. I have no clue. I can't judge whether people are experiencing real elokus or just experiencing some nice, warm, fuzzy feeling of self. But Elam Haza is a place where naturally you're going to want some sort of physical pleasure. Why? Well, that's just what Elam Haza is about. What if you overcome that and connect to something more real? Oh, so you're connecting to the ultimate purpose of, of creation. You're connecting to Panemius Aratza. You're bringing about a revelation, an incredibly powerful level of godly light that is the light that was the source of the world in the first place. Vizeu, and this is what it means, Kadiskafia Sitra Achuis Talakir Kutakucha Bricha Bukhul Almi. 
This is what it means when you subdue the Sitra Akhra, it goes out the glory of a Kaddish Baruch in all of the worlds. But what does it really mean? It doesn't mean it goes out the glory of a Kaddish Baruch in all the worlds. It means the level of light that exists in all of the worlds, and we'll add equally, goes out. That level of light is revealed, right? Kul Almin is the adjective describing the or. It's not the address, right, where the or goes out. That's not pshat in what the Alter Rebbe says, right? That's what the, the Rebbe is explained to us. Kadiskafi Sikhtrach, when you subdue the Sikhtrach, Istalak, it goes out what? What goes out? Yikrid the Kuchibrihu, the glory of a Kaddish Baruchu, that is in all worlds equally. Bechul Amin. Bechul Amin describes the light. Doesn't tell me where the light goes. Okay. We bring about a revelation of Sevev. What does it mean a revelation? That Sevev can't be revealed. That's true Sevev can't be revealed, but your revealed action is clearly connected to the Panemius of Ratzon, to the inner will that is the source of all reality. That's an amazing thing. You're revealing that by virtue of the fact that you did sometimes a very simple act. Right? Nothing, nothing major. Right? You had a desire to do something and you asked yourself, wait a minute, is this ultimately why I was created? And you say no, so you don't do it. Amazing. A little thing. It can be as simple as it can be as simple as 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 as, as reaching for a cookie uh, 20 minutes after you just ate lunch. And you said, you know what, I, I, this cookie, why am I eating this cookie? Because I just want to feel all this chocolate melt in my mouth with the nuts. And I, 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 Do I need that? No, no, I don't need that right now. You don't eat the cookie. The biggest thing in the world, what's the big deal? That's called his coffee. Because why didn't he eat the cookie? Because he said, wait a minute, right now, do I exist right now in order to eat this cookie or could I do something better? I could do something better. I won't eat the cookie, fine. It's called his coffee. If you eat the cookie, did the world end? The world didn't end if you ate the cookie. But can you elevate reality by not eating the cookie? Well, yeah, just by saying it's not about that cookie right now. When might it be about that cookie? Give that cookie, Shabbos, you're fair. Or give that cookie to someone else. He looks hungry. You look hungry, you want a cookie? Oh yeah, I'm really, I don't know, I didn't eat lunch. Give me, give me, I could use two of them just to get me to dinner. Okay, here, eat these cookies, have a good time. Yeah. Great. So now, uh, so he's going to go to Gehenna because he's eating these cookies and he's just into, you know, Gashmias and blah, blah, blah. He's just, but, but you? No, it's not so bad. He can eat the cookies too, right? If he's hungry and he needs a cookie, so eat a cookie. That's why there's cookies, isn't it? God made cookies so you can have something to eat first thing in the morning before Chassidus so that you're not, uh, you know, so that you're davening. You, you eat in order to daven better as opposed to daven in order to get the breakfast because you're so hungry, right? So, you know, chsidim eat a piece of mazaynas before davening. So that's why God made cookies. God didn't make cookies, but, you know, he taught us how. Bechina sa'or, shanim shach or sevev kalamim, that's drawn down, or sevev kalamim, sha'ifinam shachose, the way it's drawn down, but bechina sevev makiv kalayla mispisha. All of the world's equal. Behim kain, if so... Ultimately, we can bring about its revelation below, just like it is above. Again, that's interesting, because it doesn't seem to be Yisra and Ha'or Ba'amin It seems just the same level of light. The Rebbe will explain all that. Now we're coming full circle, back to the, the beginning of the, of the paragraph, beginning of the first chapter. They should build for a Mikdash V'Shechanti B'Seicham. In other words, do that avoid to connect your conscious reality to godliness. V'shechanti b'seichem, and I will dwell. It doesn't say I'll dwell in it. Build me a house and I'll live in it. It says they should build me a house and I will dwell amongst them. They should connect themselves to holiness and I will dwell in them, meaning their consciousness will be a godly consciousness. Godliness will bang around in their head. They'll be sensitive to godly reality. In each and every one, there'll be a revelation of a Kaddish Baruch in each and every one. How do you and I bring about a revelation of godliness in the world? By bringing about a revelation of godliness in ourselves. Why? 
Because guess what? We're part of the world. If you and I bring about a revelation of godliness in our conscious reality and we deal with physicality, we deal with the physical world with, within the context of appreciating the godliness in everything we encounter, we reveal God in Elam because we're in Elam That's a revelation of Elokus. I, it might be something that right now is only happening in my own head, in my own consciousness. Okay, but that's also part of the world. That affects the world positively. And... That consciousness will, consciousness will probably slowly but surely affect other people around who also might have some inclination to change the way they relate to the reality around them. Not see it less as orbiting around them and see it more as an opportunity to reveal something greater than them. It's very easy to see reality in orbit around me. I'm the center of it all, and there's all this reality orbiting around me, and I have to figure out how to use it for my benefit. Okay, that's the way, naturally, a person will look at reality. A person can educate themselves to look at reality in a completely different way. Right? I have consciousness in order to develop an appreciation of the godliness all around and the incredible opportunities that life affords to reveal godliness and to bring about an incredible state of health in the world. Make the world a healthy place. Can I change everything? No. But I can take responsibility for those things that are, that are part of my reality, what we call the Chelkei Ba'elam. You're part of the world. Now, you're part of the world. You have complete and total control over it. There's only one person that lives your life. That's you. I, I know you might have a mother who wants to live it. Okay, Beseda, but the, the, you, she can't live your life. Only you can. There's only one person that lives your life. You. What do you do with it? It's up to you. That's the way it goes. It doesn't mean we're alone. Ultimately, there's only one person making decisions regarding what I'm doing. It might be there's all sorts of people who are trying to have input into that decision, so either I'll let them or I won't let them. That's up to me. As a parent, I'm standing on my soapbox now. As a parent, and this is a big problem, evidently, with parents out there, it seems, based on my conversations with students in here. Not in here, in this room, just in, you know, my note lately, the last 15 years. As a parent, stay out of your children's lives. Let them lead it. Let them make decisions. Don't decide what's best for them. If you didn't do a good enough job by the time they're 20 years old that they can make decisions by themselves, so then forcing them into a situation when they're 20, 22, because you want something isn't going to help. Teach them how to make decisions as children, that they'll make the right decision, and then trust them to make the right decisions. Will they make mistakes? Of course they're going to make mistakes. You didn't? <laughs> They'll blow it big time. The only time you ever get involved, like, you know, push your nose in, is if, God forbid, something dangerous is happening. But usually things aren't dangerous. Can they make the wrong decisions? Of course they can make the wrong decisions. <laughs> Who doesn't make wrong decisions in life? And you know what? They'll learn from the wrong decision not to make the same one next time. And you'll watch from the side, and it's hard. Same way it's hard to watch your kid learn how to ride a bicycle once you get them up on the bicycle and you no longer have to hold on to the seat. Guess what's going to happen once or twice? It's going to fall off. Guess what's going to happen after he falls off? He's going to skin his knee. Guess what he's going to do after he skins his knee? He's probably going to cry. Okay. What are you going to do? Never let go of the seat so he never knows how to ride a bicycle? Let go. Trust your kids to make decisions. Hopefully you brought them up and so they can make decisions, so trust them. And if one of their decisions happened to be that they want to go off and be some crazy religious lunatic in Israel, okay. I agree, I disagree. I brought you up to make decisions and think about life. and, and, and right? Take off the leash. They're not your dog that you're walking along, keeping on a leash. At some point, the dog should be able to run free in the park, right? Why am I saying all this? Because it's just so often that people want to keep that control. Bottom line, the child also has to realize, wait a minute, I'm in charge, ultimately. Right? It's my life. I have to do it. 
That doesn't mean you don't have honor for your parents, because you have honor for your parents. But it happens to be interesting, Lalacha, a child wants to learn in Yeshiva A, and his father wants him to learn in Yeshiva B. What's the Lalacha? He learns in Yeshiva A, doesn't have to listen to his father. Well, I understand, he has a mitzvah to so listen to his father. No, not in that case. Isn't that interesting? That's a pretty fascinating halacha. Right? Even if your mother says yeshiva B, you, still, you can still live in, in yeshiva A. Mainly your father. Mothers always know best. So the father has a, a brain. What does he do? He asks the kid, where do you want to yeshiva A? You know, have you thought about yeshiva B? Yeah. What do you think? No, no, no. Still in yeshiva. Okay, good. Have a good time. Batzlacha. This is what Chazal said. I mean, if the father says go to yeshiva B, the kid can still go to yeshiva A. So why say it? <laughs> why even say it? You want to throw it out there as an idea? Okay, good idea. But at a certain point, it's not your decision. It's his. Why? Because he's supposed to learn. He's supposed to go to a place his heart wants to be. What you do? So sometimes you'll notice parents have kids learning in different yeshivas, <laughs> which is also interesting. Well, they're supposed to go where they want to go, not where you want them to go, where they want to go. In each and every one, that light illuminates in each and every one how through the evade of iskafia subduing ishafcha transforming darkness to light hine naseh it's brought about al yadezeh through this yisarin ha'or a greater light distalak yekadakut yabricha b'chul almin that it goes out the glory of the Kaddish Baruch in all the worlds, who mayor misgalo or sevev, and it illuminates and is revealed or hasevev, the infinite light. And again, we've been we've been connecting that to Ratzin. Kitzer. Remember, this was a written mimer. The Frida Rebbe didn't say this mimer; he wrote it and gave it to the Rebbe to give to us. So. Some spoken my mind also have what's called a kitzur, a summary at the end, but certainly written my mind will have. The essence of the divine presence is in the lower realms. That was the very beginning. Yevari explains the kavanas brias elemes, the ultimate purpose of the creation of the worlds, all of the worlds. That there should be a dwelling place in this lower world. Those upper metaphysical worlds, even at Silas, that godly world that we learned about yesterday, only exists in order to get to this world. The Abraham wants to be revealed in this world. And we'll see how that revelation works in one minute. We're going to start learning something from the Rebbe, and we'll, we'll stop and, and pick it up again tomorrow. Hine, Nasa, I'm sorry, Venasa, and it's brought about Al Yedei. How do you bring about this dear Betachtenim? Al Yedei is Kafia First, he's Kafia, subduing. And ultimately, is hafcha lahafok to transform. Shemam shichadar seivev. We draw down seivev, and what's that? Shuzeu, and this is a level of light. Bechulam and b'shav, in all of the worlds equally. Okay. There are, I made twelve copies, which probably isn't enough. So please take one, and and someone will have to share. And I'll just make I'll just make uh, I'll make more copies tomorrow. It's not a big deal. Okay. Sometimes there's 10 people in the room, sometimes there's more than 10 people in the room, okay? So, uh, we aren't going to, we're only learning it for five minutes today. I'll make more copies of it, and tomorrow everybody will have a copy, okay? What you're looking at is the is our Rebbe's first mind. right? This is the Friedrich Rebbe's last mind. Those guys right before Shemana Esra, you know, everybody else is davening and they get up and smash their chair around so the whole. Okay, this is the Frida Garebbe's last mimer, the first part of the 20 part mimer. And as we said, our Rebbe then said a mimer on Yud Shvat 
usually it was Yud Aleph Shvat because the Rebbe would bring Meitzi Yud Shvat, usually, not always. The, the, the Rebbe would say a mimer at the Febringen on Yud Shvat, and that mimer would always start with the words Basi Lagani Yachersi Kala. It was always Basi, and the Rebbe would give a synopsis of the first chapter. The first year, the Rebbe explained the first chapter. The second year, the Rebbe, would, again, would give a synopsis of the first chapter, but focused on the second chapter for 20 years. The 20 chapters of the previous Rebbe's mind, of which we're going to be learning the first five. Okay? So, in the Rebbe's first mimer, you're looking at Ois Dalit. Okay? It sounds empty both ways. I don't know exactly what's going on. Vahine. We have the windows open and the air on? Like Israeli drivers. Israelis drive with the air on and the windows open, which I've never quite understood. Vahine. Rabbeinu Azokin Mavar Bazer. Okay, you see in the middle paragraph? We'll, we'll just begin it now and we'll, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. This will be tomorrow's work. Again, I'll make more copies. Vina, Rabbeinu Azokin. Everybody has one they're looking on? So, well, so then maybe a little bit of initiative move up towards the table and we'll see, oh, there you go, look at that, look, a Jew just gave you and he's going to, look, what a God, yes, what a God, amazing. I'm not picking on you, I'm not picking on you, but if I were giving out million dollar checks, you would have figured out how to get one of them. So, it's just called initiative. You know how truck drivers in America stay awake late at night on the road? You've all driven late at night on the road and had a hard time staying awake, and it's pretty scary, right? How do they do it, the truck drivers? You know, it's an amazing idea. You know what they do? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> they have another trick. They hold a $100 bill in their hand out the window. Manyan, no? Why? Some guys do 20. Some guys think their life is worth 100. Depends on the guy, right? I heard it from a guy who said he holds 100. Why? Well, if you doze off, what are you going to lose? Meaning that, in love that you're going to crash, but you know, you, sometimes you'll just, you don't doze off. Because if you doze off your fingers and you lose your $100. It's really, now, it's really interesting because your life is at stake, right? But, but <laughs> you know, we like things that are more concrete. Right? Not an inter- but it works, evidently. It like, really works because they've, they've got that $100 and they're thinking about that $100. Oh, I'm not going to drop that $100. Oh, Des Moines is only another 250 miles. Des Moines. You know, your whole life is to get to Des Moines. Find another job, man. Here's your whole life. Des Moines. I'm almost there. Des Moines. <laughs> that was for you, Mayor. Vehine. Rabbeinu Azokin Mavar Bezer Shetachli Sishtashlis Rabbeinu Zokin explains, the Alter Rebbe, that the ultimate purpose of the downward emanation, Ishtalshelus, a shalshelet is a chain, the chain-like downward emanation of light, godliness into the worlds, v'yiridosim and their descent, e'na bishvil e'lem like we just said at the end of the first chapter in the Rebbe, in the Friedrich Rebbe's Mimer, is not because of the upper worlds, ha'yil since. Velahem for them, Yerida mi or Panavizbarach. Ultimately, the light that descends down even into Ilamatsilus is a descent, it's a lower level of light than the light of the source of Ilamatsilus. Right? Which is very interesting. By definition, any level of light that you are experiencing is a descent from its source. There's a higher level beyond it that is the source of this light. We talked about it earlier in terms of revelation. If you experience a state of revelation, so let's say an, a malach comes in and reveals himself to all of us in this room. Okay, I don't know what that looks like. But you and I would experience some state of reality where we would experience a being, but that being, we would experience his, his presence, his existence, her existence, Z's existence, whatever. We'd experience it in its existence, but we'd be very powerfully aware of its source in a higher level of existence. Now, I might not see the higher level, 
but I would know that this thing doesn't exist by virtue of itself, but it comes from a higher level. That's the nature of revelation. Concealment? Concealment is all about thinking that the thing you're looking at has independent existence. It exists by virtue of itself. That it doesn't, this watch conceals the source of its existence. Really, what's this watch? Really, this watch is an expression of the fact that there's something called existence, and ultimately existence is godly, not physical. Okay, this is a physical expression of existence, but existence with a capital E is godly and not physical. Okay, fine. You and I know that. That's not what the watch says. The watch says, I am. Where'd you come from? I didn't. I just am. I came from. What are you talking about? It's just me. Oh, that's concealment. Were this watch to be, for you and I, an experience of revelation, what would we see? The godly light responsible for its existence. We'd see its source. Right? That's revelation. So on one hand, you're looking at one state of reality, but it's sort of interesting because you're also aware of the fact that the state of reality you're looking at has a source in a higher state of reality. Right. Okay, so the revealed worlds, by definition, are a descent from a higher level. I mean, that's everything. Okay. So let's just finish this idea and then we'll stop. Why? Because they are your reader. By definition, they're a, a level of reality that comes from a higher level of reality. The EF Shailamar, just to the period, five words for now. EF Shailam, it's impossible to say, Shakavana, that the ultimate intention of the creation of the world, who Bishvil Yuridas for a descent. It's all about an asset. It's all about elevation, not something going down, but other up, something connecting to something above, higher. Oh, okay, fine. Now, of course, there's an obvious question that we don't understand and we'll understand when we learn it tomorrow. What's that obvious question? So why is this world any different than that? This world also isn't a Yerida? Right. It says, the ultimate purpose of creation is not the upper worlds. It's, it's this world. Why? Because those worlds are a descent from a level above them. Well, why isn't this world also a descent from a level above it? I don't understand how to resolve the problem. Adarabha, this is the greatest descent. This is the lowest level imaginable. You can't go lower than this. There isn't a world below the world you and I are hanging out in. This is the lowest level of existence. Lowest. Not lowest pejoratively. Just lowest in terms of the level of the least revelation of godliness. When we talk about higher and lower. So why is this not a Eureka? Why is this not a descent? Well, evidently it isn't. Well, how can that be? Okay, we'll see that tomorrow.